And we're here at this week's edition of the Cannon Podcast. Ken Brown from WGI Radio. Michael O'Hara from DetroitLions.com as we talk Lions football. And I just want people out there to know before I say hello, Mike. Well, I'll say hello, Mike, first. Hello, Mike. Hello, Ken. All right. We're doing this a day early because of the Christmas holiday. We're not doing this a day early because of uh, the Lions actually winning another game. So don't think that we just got so excited from a victory that we had to put this up a day. We're just doing this so you guys can do your Christmas shopping. Get it over with. No, Kenny, tell the truth. We both went out and got wasted on champagne last night. <laughs> That's right, popping what the cork. Oh, I can be, I, oh, it hurts to breathe. Popping the cork. Well, <laughs> we're going to get into this immediately. Not everybody's happy with a Lions victory in this town, evidently. I guess the you thing You know what? You is, know what I call well, it? Well, let me, let me just lay it out before you call it. So okay. Evidently, okay. in this world now, the first draft pick is more meaningful than setting a tone or setting a foundation for which you will – you know, move forward as a franchise. But a meaning these losses in games evidently means more to get the first round pick. You may proceed. You know what I you know what I call that? Draft Knicks without a cause. That's what it is. <laughs> you know, look, and it's not new, it's tiresome, it's old, it, it's people think they're being clever with it, you're not being clever. But if you like it, then have at it guys. Have at it. Well the only thing that um if there was a franchise quarterback, say there was an Elway or there was a, uh, um, you know, a, a franchise. I don't even say Trevor Lawrence, just a franchise guy available. Then I would say, fine, yeah. tank. I'm happy. You know, I'm, you know, I've been on the tank train for the Pistons for a while. I've been on the tank train for the Tigers for a while. But and you know what? And the Pistons have been on the tank train for a while. And they're not getting off anytime soon. Yeah, but Mike, uh, as I as this rebuild is going, I think the Pistons rebuild is right on schedule. And I, yeah, we're not going to talk business today, but they got their the number one pick. But they got their number one pick. They had a draft before that had three young functional players. Now you build from there. So, in essence, them tanking last year got them the number one pick. But in football, it's totally different. If you, if it's not a quarterback there, the second pick may be just as valuable as the thirteenth pick. Look at let's look at the um, draft from last year. Micah Parsons, who was defensive player of the year, and maybe he fell because of some off the field things. Well, regardless of how he failed, this year, not last year. how the regardless of how he went, you're not gonna let me finish out. You're just gonna talk right through me. Well, it's, it's, now it's let me let me give my out. example. Now, no matter how you feel about him, at 11 or whatever he was drafted at, he 12. was just as good as the first pick this year or the second pick this year. But you got a player at 13 that could have been the best player in the draft. It's possible. Penny Sewell, the seventh pick, could have been just as good as the first pick. We'll see how it works out. Only quarterbacks are needed to me in that draft that you would tank for. That's it. That's the only thing I would tank for in an NFL draft. I don't. I don't believe in tanking. And and if I was an owner, I wouldn't allow. I, I, you know what I would do? I'd do probably the same thing that the Philadelphia Eagles owner did last year when his head coach, a respected head coach, very respected head coach, who'd won a Super Bowl two years previous, took out his starter and put in a third string backup to lose the game. And then the owner and the respected owner to fired him, fired the coach. Yeah. I own a team. I manage a team. I play to win. But I do everything to win. I get it. Well, you're a little different, Mike, and the times have changed. I'm sorry, but that's just not. No, that's not the, the times have changed, have changed Mike. Why? Because in football now, more than five years ago, than 10 years ago, than 20 years ago, the yeah. quarterback is basically the franchise. 
If you don't have that, one, yeah, okay. Sure. So when you got opportunity to get one, you wouldn't. Now you can call it what you want. You can say, "Well, I wouldn't tank," but you would do something to make sure if you're at the point where you're a few games from having that pick, you'd make sure you have it. Now you can call it what you want. You can call it tanking. You can call it resting players. You can call it whatever uh, maintenance or whatever they call it. Now you can call it what you want, but you're not going to give up a franchise player on three or four games because you got some. Uh, you know, moral code that you don't throw games. It's not, a, it's not a moral code. It's not. There's not immorality in winning and losing. That's got nothing to do with morality. I just play to win. That's all. And I think you're better off if you play to win. Okay. The Jets won. The Jets were up for that last first pick last year, and they won a game at the end, which cost them. You know, not Jacksonville getting the first pick. Trevor Lawrence to their Zach Wilson. I don't know how it's going to play out. Like I said, both of them aren't great right now, but. You'll see in five years that that one game you won wasn't worth it. Or maybe you'll see that it was worth it and Zach's the better player. But as of right now, it looks like Trevor Lawrence is the better player. I don't think, you know, the top five quarterbacks that came out, I don't think anybody can sort them out with any degree of accuracy right now. And that goes from Trevor Lawrence, who I, look, I think he's going to be a better player, don't get me wrong. But right now, at this moment in time, I don't think you can tell me which one of those five, all down to number 16, I think it was, Matt Jones, who's really starting to come unravel a little bit. And he's got, what, 20 touchdowns and 10 interceptions? That doesn't sound like the greatest quarterback in history to me. That sounds like a guy who landed in a good spot and is being carried on, carried on by a good team and a good coach. So I, there's a lot of, lot of variables that go into it. There are more variables than there are just hard and fast, you know, this is the way it's going to be. Well. Yeah, but again, as I'm saying, the quarterbacks, it will play out over the long run. But if there's the guy there like the Andrew Lux of the world, the Elway, I keep saying Elway, these guys, when they came out, they were guys everybody waited years to get them in the draft. Those are worth moving. Those are worth losing games at the end for. That's just the way it is. Now, you can right. you can say if you don't want to, but it's just the way it is. But luckily for the Lions this year, there is no guy in the draft like that. There's no player that you have to, oh, my God, if we don't, if we don't miss out on him, then the whole draft is a fraud and we can't do it. So, to me, win as many games you can because it sets the tone for your franchise. And I'm going to give you an example. 1989. The Lions at one time were two and nine. This is Barry Sanders' first year. They won out. They won their last five in a row with Bob Galliano at quarterback because Ronnie Peter got hurt. They won their last five, and I think that set the franchise up for that run they had in the nineties. Well, they took a step back in nineteen ninety, and they actually got the seventh pick overall and took a quarterback, Andre Ware. Right. But I, I think I, I agree with you, Kenny. I really do. I thought. But look, they they had had really good drafts for years. I I want to go down the whole list, but 1985 they had uh, Lomas Brown and and uh, uh, the center of Kevin Maryland. Glover. Kevin Glover. That that year they got them. In '87 uh, they got uh, Dennis Gibson, the linebacker, and and, J- and Jerry Ball, the nose tackle. '88 they got Benny Blades and Chris Spielman and others. And, and, and on and on and on. That that team was, by the time they got to 1991, they were stacked with talent. I mean, absolutely stacked. The one thing they didn't have, the quarterback. The quarterback, which they spent that in 91. Don't forget that in the 90, uh, what was that, 91, they took Herman Moore. 91, right. Yeah, they 91 was Herman Moore. 90 was Andre Ware. Right, 90. Right. 
Ninety was weird. They thought they had. They thought right. they had him a couple of times. Right. The right guy turned right. out they didn't. But my point, just to go back, is that nothing bad comes from winning games. And I don't know why people. I heard. I mean, the first call yesterday to some of these shows after the win was they should fire Campbell and go get uh, Jim Harbaugh. So I mean, you just can't win with some people. It's just the way it is. But let's look at the game and look at the team now. Right. In an overview sense. Um. I think Dan Campbell has steadied the ship over the course of this year. And this is the best. This, this is the part that kills me too, Mike. Everybody knew coming in the year what kind of year this was going to be. But when you actually see it, then you get upset with it. But you, you prepared yourself for exactly what happened this year so far. But I think, Kenny, if you take this, if you take this season and, 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 and break it down into, into, into sections – I think this is, is is so much a better team right now than it was September 10th, October 10th, November 10th, whatever. I think, you know, I, I, I've said this, I think, back in in, the, in uh, September when we started did our first one. You asked me what would be a, what I consider a success for the Detroit Lions this year. I said, given the makeup of what they're trying to accomplish, it's a, it's a rebuild. If they get better, steadily get better throughout the season, it'll be, a, you know, the record will take care of itself. And that'll be a successful season. It's not over, but I think they're on the way to this being a successful season the way they're playing football now, yeah. especially with the, deplete, the roster that's depleted. Yeah, I don't want to use the word successful. You, let's use well, another word. It's not, I, I when you win 11 games, it's not successful. It's, put it like 11. The, it's an important season. I don't think it's going to be a successful season. It's important, and I think it's, I think a, it's, I it's, think a, it's, it's a growing season. But this, where, right, where's the absolutely. success? Well, it's undeniable that they're a better team now than they were a month ago, two months ago. I don't think there's any doubt about that. Okay, so you go from bottom to 40% of 100. You go to bottom to 50% oh. of 100. That's still not. Well, you, Kenny, on the, on the one hand, you say that we expect, this is what we expected, and now this isn't getting better, isn't successful. I think, I think you're. You know, I'm making two two separate arguments here. No, I'm just using the word successful. I don't think that the success is based on. <laughs> Hold based on a second. On I'm looking up the, linguist in the dictionary. Yeah, I, I just don't think <laughs> if you would call this successful, you would call this an important season. No, to build but, on. but I, yeah, right, exactly. But I think it's a team now that's competing, and it, what they I think they had issues when I say competing. I think they played hard, except for two and a half games, second half of uh, against the Bengals when it just fell apart on them. The, the uh, and the Philly game, the Philly game, and then there's and I thought last week they right. just got unraveled. Right. They just un- completely unraveled. But it was they were in the game and for, for a half, and then they just they weren't even in the game. Right, but Mike, if I told you the talent level at game one opening day against the talent level of who you play now as of yesterday. The opening day roster had more talent, but what has happened? Well, I agree is, with you. Yeah, you're right. What has Absolutely. happened is though that after 11, 12, 13 weeks in a system, guys know what they're supposed to do. So the less talented players are playing it better because it was it was a new system when the first when they first started. So I, that's that's where the improvement to me is coming from. It's not from talent. It's from you've just been 13, 14 weeks in a system now. That's that's part of it, and I think that there's I think there's a buy-in factor that. Uh, you know, coaches always talk about that, and you know, later today we'll have a you know the, the Monday presser with with uh, Dan Campbell. I, I I think a legitimate question. This is not when I say question. I'm not you know this is not you know not a court of law or anything like that. But I just think is is it easier 
to get a buy-in from when you've got a group of young players because this is the only system they know in the National Football League, or do you need a sprinkling of veterans to lead the way? And maybe it's a combination of both. But clearly this team has bought into what they're selling out there. And it's not just Campbell, it's the assistant staff, too. Go right down that list list of assistant coaches. Crucial offensive line coach Hank Fraley, absolutely. Hold on. Defensive coordinator, defensive coordinator. Hold on, Aaron Glenn, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Like I said, Frank. Hey, um, Hank has been here, so he's old over. So his. I know. I'm saying. He's yeah. A, he's a he's a he's a daggone good coach. Right. So, um, the only question I have though is, and we can relate this to Houston and Jacksonville, which are the teams that are you know, in the mix for this number one pick. Same. Houston yeah. got took a lot of veterans and older players. They're, I think their average age is pretty high. They're they're not like they're they're not really rebuilding. They were trying to do something on the fly and not, they're gonna have a bunch of guys with big contracts like Merciless and these guys who I think they cut Merciless. But guys like that who they tried to go out and get the patchwork, the Lions just said we're gonna just go young, you know, bring in young guys. We're just gonna we're gonna we're gonna take the bite of the bullet early, and then hopefully right. you know as it goes along. And I think that's what you're seeing now, because like you said, Mike, they were, there's no uh, what was the guy we had last year from Atlanta, the cornerback um, that we sent back, and he, he oh we had two of them, yeah, yeah. But, you know, it's none of those out. guys. They didn't bring in those guys in this year Desmond just to fill a spot. There's, one there's one no true fonts in here to fill a spot, or you know, some old veterans. Well, we've got a nine-year veteran who's been on the practice squad the whole year. He finally came out and played last week, but he was not a guy they were ever counting on. Who was that? Rob- he was just uh, Rob- Roby. Yeah, yeah, right, right, yeah. right. Well, they weren't counting. Right. They weren't counting, though, right? But you know what? He practices hard. He works hard. He sets an example out right. there. But he was there for a reason, and he wasn't there to come play every Sunday. It was, right. if necessary, a couple of weeks ago they got into the into the if necessary category, and he played. Right. So all this. But, go ahead. But one, I was just going to say one thing when we're talking about the draft. The one thing that surprised me is with the first pick, of offensive lineman, Penny Sewell, absolutely terrific. It's going to be a generational offensive tackle. That's not what I heard. You. It's not, That's not what they were talking about five me. weeks ago in this town. It was ready. Oh, oh, my God, we took the wrong pick. No, that was six weeks ago. Oh, six weeks ago. Oh, my God. He missed a block, and that pro football focus ready to even know third worst tackling preseason. What are we going to do? And, just calm down. But then, then you go down to the wide receiver, Amon Ross St. Brown, the fourth-round pick. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Let me get the tape recorder rolling on this one before you say a word about him. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, I wanted to see more development from him early, and then he's got it. He's had in the last three games he's played. He's had eight catches in all three games. Now, he's a possession guy, but you know what? They put some new wrinkles in there, and they're steadily starting to sprinkle these in. And I think Ben Johnson, the tight ends coach, has had a lot to do with this. You know, he seems to have, you know, he seems to have, a, uh, he seems to be relied on pretty heavily now in, in, this, in this process. And that, that touchdown throw and catch, that was a work of art Sunday against the, against, uh, the, the Cardinals, where he lined up right, you know, snuck down the line of scrimmage, made a hard right, and wide open for a touchdown. So, has St. John moved okay. off the Michael Hare ain't got it list? I never said he ain't got uh, it. So I don't, I, we got tape. We got tape. So, has, now he, has he gone off Play the – has he, has he got off the Michael Hare list now? I think he's, he's going to be a good uh, contributing third receiver for a long time. All right. That's all I want that's to what, hear. And you know why, you know why I say that? Go ahead. Because he is. Okay. I think he'll be more than a third receiver. I think he's going to be a two. I think he's going to be a two. 
in I think with his I think with his size, he's going to be more of a slot type of guy. He'll line up in a lot of different places. He even lined up in the backfield yesterday. And Took ran, a snap. What, That's right. Five snap. or eight yards yeah. or whatever it was. I just think he reminds me so much of Golden Tate. I don't know why. Nobody else maybe I don't see think, it. I don't I think he's athletic, Kenny. I, yeah. I see, no, I'm just talking about uh, stature-wise. and I think, Matter of fact, I think he has maybe better or just as good as hands as Golden Tate. I think stature-wise mm. they look similar out there. And I just think that Golden Tate may be a little better similar? runner after the catch, but I think he's a better Gordon. catcher of the football further down the field than Golden Tate was. Well, so Golden Tate used to be in the top three or four in yards after the catch. That's what so I said. I said uh, he's calm a better. Calm down on that one. I, no, if you listen to what I just said, I said I think Golden Tate was better after the catch than him. I said that. Yeah, but I, I said he's better catching the ball further down the field than Golden Tate was at the same time, too. Golden Tate caught some deep, but Golden Tate was more get the ball and run with it. So we'll, well see. Well, I didn't focus. I, I didn't focus on this, watching the Seattle Seahawks as much as you did. So I'll, I, I didn't realize you well, were. That's a cross you have glad, to bear. That's a cross you have to bear. That's something you. It sounds like uh, you're making this up. That's something you just have to live with <laughs> that you weren't involved in that. But so, um, as a matter of fact, I remember watching him. I remember watching him going up and excuse me in Nashville. My God, he was good. Well. This is all I got. Did he? Uh, matter of fact, he's back in the league now. I didn't look at the game. Did he do anything? Uh, is he? Been, I, didn't no, I don't know. I didn't, yeah, well, he's I didn't back know. in the league. Anyway, I just want to say um, I'm adding up the draft picks from um, Holmes' first draft, and you seven, you've got, seven picks. You got seven. All of these players have contributed in their own way for their first year, which is good. And then we'll see how they progress. I think the key to this draft years from now, it's not going to be Penny Sewell. It's not going to be St. Brown. It's going to be the Second and third round picks, how they develop. If those well, two like hit, see, if those yeah, two like hit, more from them, then yeah. that draft goes to A, to an A. <laughs> if those two, and McNeil, I just, I think the way he plays and what's happening, you may never see the stats with that, but I think he's playing good ball as a rookie nose tackle, and I think he's only going to get better. I think, and he's got a sack. I think he got a sack, so he's had a sack. He I got think, one sack. I think ago, he's yeah. going to be a silent guy that you just look up and see he's a good player. The second round pick, and I'm trying to get his name because I always Levi uh, Levi Anzarike. Anzarike, yeah. I I expect some explosiveness out of him in the coming years. That's what he was known for at Washington. I'm gonna give him this year because he didn't practice pretty much during preseason with the back, and he slowly got back in. And he splash plays at times. Like yesterday, he had a guy in the backfield just missed him. You know, he just had the whole thing set up, but he's he's getting there. So. I want to see how he develops. That's going to dictate how this draft went. Well, I thought he, I thought we'd see more of him. I really did. But and it's certainly the opportunity's been there with the injuries and so on that, that they've had. But you know, look, it's, it's you talk to people like Robert Porsche who came in as a you know as a low first round draft pick. It's a tremendous, tremendously difficult transition. For defensive linemen from college to the pros. Yeah, it's I can just, name you seven of them, game. man. Dan Owens, Mark Spindler, uh, Kelvin Pritchett, Robert Porsche, yeah. all these guys. You know, it took them a little time. To... Kelvin Pritchett played 12 years in the league. Yeah. Not something, eight yeah. with the Lions. And all these guys were like, you know, mid to late first round picks and uh, or second round picks. And they, over time, became good players. And that's what I want to see from him. I, he's got the skill. You can see the, the explosiveness on some of these plays. So, that's we'll see how that works out. But anyway, it's still a good draft right now. Now, I didn't expect 
the way they really physically beat up the Cardinals yesterday. That's something that they do. I haven't been looking at over the years, but they that are was a whipping. They are physically in these games now. It's not like remember there were some years you'd have teams and they would like run and shoot you to death, or they would uh, trick you with trick plays to stay in the games, whatever. Dan Campbell has put a physical team on that field. We went all mean, like let's just go back to five of the last six games last year. The only game where they competed was the first game under Daryl Bevel. Uh, the Chicago they, game. They, yeah, the Chicago game. Yeah, yeah, and even then they gave up I think thirty five thirty some points. points yeah, one on a strip sack a, at the end. Remember when we looked at that statistic at the start of the season, and then the the last eight games of the year, something like that, they gave up more yards and more points. And like eleven teams gave up for the entire season. Right. That's how much that they just they just unplugged it. Yeah. That's it. We're done. We tapped out. Yeah. And I, that's another thing that I like about the way Glenn and Campbell are redoing the defense because you basically I think you still have four or five or six other players that were of the starting eleven last year, but you sprinkled in one of his guys as alone. You got the rookies playing and 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 even lost a war. A, you know, um, a war. Uh, Cora, these names, man. I'm telling you right now, I'm changing all these names at the end of the year. Romeo O'Cora. I'm changing brother, everybody's name to Jones and Brown and and, and Abbott. Uh, it's just too hard for me. I just I can't. But do yeah, it. he did. He, he went on. I think it was week four or week five. Yeah. Romeo went on went on IR. Right. So it, basically, it, it, they're Okuda just went, playing Okuda hard. Was only played half of the first right. game. Yeah. So right. you you got guys playing hard, and then now they have a system in place and. What's the guy we got rid of there? I saw him play for New England over the weekend. Jamie Collins. You got rid of the Jamie Collinses. And, and then New know. England got rid of him, too. New England got rid of him? I think so, yeah. I thought he played the other day. I thought I saw him out there. So, anyway, um, they got, you know, they just got rid of guys that just didn't fit. And I, I think that's going right. to be a good thing. Now, the question for you you got three games oh left. Win them all. Win them all. And you know, if you, the worst they can finish is the seventh pick if they won all of them and the other two other teams. Are you sure about yeah. that? The worst they can get is the seventh pick. They can go down to seven. So they can get another Penny Sewell, right? Could be, but okay, I don't I'll think they're going to win them all. But I I just think – and plus the other teams are all going to lose. I think some of them are playing each other. So I'm just saying the worst, just by overlooking that, seven wins will get you somewhere around seven or whatever the number is. You know what, that, that tie might play a, play a role in this too. Might, you know – a couple of slots one way or the other. Right. That could could hurt you or I mean, it could you know, help versus, you. Know, right. A tie versus winning, a tie yeah. versus losing. Hurt, yeah, absolutely. Could hurt you help because if you didn't have a tie, which they shouldn't have, they should have that kicker, whoever they released, I forgot his name now, would have kicked that ball. They'd have three wins. Oh, they would yeah. Really Santa Rosa. Yeah, whatever. I don't even want to speak so his Santosa, name. Santa Rosa, Santa Rosa, something like that. So. Yeah, if they would have looked. By the way, I don't know if you were at the game, Sonny, but yesterday they were booing. The fans were booing uh, Matt Prater every time he went out to kick. Right. I mean, come on, guys. He was a good player here. Yeah, good guy. Won a lot Mike, of games here. Mike, Mike. They weren't booing him for what he did. They weren't booing him for being a good guy. He was on the other team today, and when you're on the other team, you get booed. After the game, I'm sure they would appreciate him, and they appreciate him. No, before. they didn't boo. During the, the game, the no, player. you boo the other team. I'm sorry. That's just the way it is. There's no they, offense. No, they booed him because he left. No, That's they why. did not. They just booed him on the other team. And I'm going to tell you right what? now, when Stafford comes back, as much as fans love him, they're going to boo him too. And they no, love him at the end of the game. I won't, 
I will not allow that. Well, look, you're on the other <laughs> team for that three hours. You get booed, and I'm sure he didn't take offense to it, and nobody hated Matt Prater. Everybody wanted him back, but you, you're you trying to beat the home team, so you get booed during I've the never game. Se- I've never seen the team boo the opposing kicker in my life. They'll boo, any, they'll boo, Sam, they'll boo anybody that comes out there. Oh, you know? God. Just let it go. I, I, I saw Matt Darren. He's a friend of mine, and he tweeted that over. I said, look. If you're on another team, your ass get booed. It's just that simple. It's nothing personal. It's just the way it is. It's nothing personal. We no. just hate you. <laughs> no, look, you got booed, man, for the performance during the game. Not for your career, not when you were with us. We liked you. And I'm, yeah. I guarantee today everybody be cool, Matt Prater. Now that he's not playing them anymore. Anyway, Matt Prater's always a good guy, though. One of the best. He was. He's a really good guy, and he's a heck of a kicker here. Won a lot of games for this team. I'll tell you another really thing good. I saw yesterday that I – we have to go back on, even though Jeff Akuda has played exactly nothing with us and may never be anything. I saw Isaiah Simmons play yesterday. I, I wasn't impressed with him, man. Remember, he was the never, guy that back no. in the – I don't even know what he plays. He's just like – I don't know what I, – I remember at the time, we, is he a linebacker? Is he a safety? Is he a defensive end? Is he a, What is he? I still don't know. The, the knock against him coming out, I think he was drafted 10th or 11th or something like that. Is that what it was, Ken? Um, something 7 like that. to 10, somewhere in there. He was drafted somewhere after in Cooper, there. Right. The, the knock against him was that he didn't have a position, and the other knock was he wasn't physical. Which one's worse? Yeah, for a linebacker slash strong safety, you, yeah, I right, think the physical right. part is probably worse than the other. Right. Now, who knows what happens to players over time. But right. Both of those were alarming to me. Is he a terrific athlete? Of course he is. Yeah. But you know what? The National Football League is full of full terrific of athletes. Full of them. Full of it. Our old friend Devin Kennard was out yesterday. I didn't see much of him. Yeah. Saw him on the touchdown, I saw him running behind St. Brown. I don't know if that was his man or not, but that's the only part I, I saw him. I don't think they had a linebacker covered him. Another but. great dude uh, in the locker room that I missed. Yeah, he really one. was. He, he was here for two years. You know what? You could always walk up, walk up to him in his locker. I mean, you'd be polite about it and all that. And if he had a question, he'd always he'd always mm-hmm. give it his best. Yeah, I, I liked him a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Now, one thing I did see yesterday, and I know I'm gonna start a lot of crap with this. I oh, can't get boy, on that Ty Kyler Murray bandwagon, man. I'm sorry, I don't. I, I'm with this, you. I can't. I don't know where. What, what am I watching a different game or what? But I'm like I'm saying, he's his size is always gonna limit him. It's just right. a fact. Now I know you guys that are under six feet, y'all mad at the world. I'm sorry, his size is just gonna limit him. And he's got he's a five, lot of talent. I don't, I don't think he's 5'10". I think he's, he's like 5'9", five, 5'8", five, 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 to me, man. I, I mean, yeah. I've seen 5'9", guys. Like but my point being, he's fast, he's quick, great arm, whatever. But it's just something that always happens with him. And it's usually him trying to throw over people or him. I, I, it's just something there, man. He, he's a good quarterback. But this – they bring out stats that he nobody's done this but Kyler Murray since the league started. I'm not seeing it. No, I don't see it either. This is his third year or two. He's a little bit injury prone. And and look, I, I just don't think he uses his speed enough. I don't I don't I don't think he likes I don't think he's thrilled with contact. I really don't. I think he tries to you know try look sometimes you gotta stand in there and throw the ball and you know you're gonna get hit. Yeah, I just saw a couple of you know a couple of back pedals there right. under pressure. Yeah, yeah. But, but when we'll you don't see, need but to. Right. When you don't you know. need to. You know what? He looks to me like a baseball player playing football. Right. So we'll see how that works out. But look, terrific athlete. He really is, by all accounts, a good guy, good teammate. 
It's not personal, just evaluating what right. we see with our own two right. eyes. i tell you what that victory did do also, though. Now the, the victory helped move the Lions down from the number one spot. But it helps the Rams because the Rams win. They go in first place, which means that that draft pick will be a little lower if they continue and finish in first place right. than Arizona. So you did a double wrong on both picks yesterday. That's one thing we can say. Well, here's one thing about that, though, and I think I was thinking about this this morning, Kenny. And tell me if I'm completely wrong. Well, wait, wait till we get off the air. I don't want I don't want to be told in front of other people. But I think if if your draft look, there's obviously a, there's obviously a, an advantage to drafting first overall. But in this particular draft, there might be some advantage to be in third or fourth because it might put you in position for someone who wants to trade down or trade up, whichever way you want to call it. Say you got the ninth pick and you want to trade down to third or fourth to get a particular player, perhaps a quarterback, and perhaps a quarterback that the Lions don't value that highly. And you can, you know, and you can get maybe another second-round pick and a third right. and, and that first-round yeah. pick. So I think it puts you in a better position to deal, yeah. I think, than if you than if you had the first pick overall. Yeah, because that way you can only you can only go one way with that. Right, and as good as Thibodeau and um um. My man from Michigan, whose name is, why do I just forget his name? Adrian Hutchinson. Aiden, Aiden Hutchinson. Yes, yeah, as, as as good as they are, if if I told you their potential was 13 sacks a year in the league and I move back five spots and draft a guy with a 10-sack a year potential, am I really losing that much with the extra stuff I'm getting for doing it? I mean, well, it's not like it's a 20-sack guy who's on the board. Like I said, these guys are not even rated as high as Boza and Chase Young were when they came out. So that's the level of player we're looking at now. At the at best, they're not they weren't rated that high coming in. So yeah, I'm a big, big, big Chase Young fan, but I think he was a little disappointing before he got yeah. hurt. But I'm saying those a guys little. are going to be good for a your little. franchise, but they're not franchise changers. That's my right. point. Right? No, I agree with you. So you know, you can. I, th- I just think, I just think Aiden Hutchinson plays a little bit too vertical. I don't think he can get down. Now we'll see. Yeah. In other words, you understand what I'm saying? I don't think he has that yeah. flex in his knees and all that right. to get underneath underneath people's pads and stuff like that. Right. He plays he plays pretty vertical, in my opinion. And if we missed out on him and had to take Thibodeau, I don't think it's going to be a boycott down Woodward Avenue for that. I just think that there's players, there's a group of players that are good that you would pick. Now, speaking of draft, I watched my Eastern Michigan University Eagles play Liberty over What happened the to the Hurons? Well, I just want to say, that Malik Willis, the first, everybody was wondering about him being a first-round quarterback. And I watched him the whole game. I watched his whole game to what? see Is how that he the kid from Liberty? Yeah, the quarterback. Yeah. I wouldn't take him in the first round. But okay. I'd take him in the second round, and I'd put him behind golf for a couple of years. He's exactly the opposite of what you would need if you have Jared Goff as your quarterback, a guy that can come in and move around, big arm, move around. He's not accurate to me enough to be a first-round pick. Very athletic. He looks kind of small. I got to see his size when they measure him. But for people who are thinking that like, this guy is a top ten pick, I didn't see that. But I do see him being a backup, competing for a starting job within a couple of years in the league. Well, he could. You know, to me, the best thing that could happen for the Detroit Lions is that Jared Goff becomes their quarterback for the next five or seven years. To me, that would be ideal. Not when I say become, I don't just mean they hand him the job and say, "Okay, look, do the best you can." We've got other fish to fry. But if he becomes a legitimate, you know, second tier quarterback, you know, in that that group, you know, the next through the top five and then the next eight, then you've got something. You really do. Yeah, but I want to put a quarterback with him in this off season that for the first part of their career 
will be an able backup that can win games for you, and in the second part right. of their career will challenge him later on. That's the kind right. of quarterback I want to add in this offseason. Now, whether right. that's a free agent it, yeah. or I just don't want some guys, the Tim Boyles and the, you know, the uh, Painter or whatever. I just don't want guys out there. No, I mean, the thing I don't want, I wouldn't want really if it were me, I don't want a guy who's just happy to be there and happy to be on a, on a roster for right. six or seven years right. and then, then, then go into his career. Right. No, yeah. I want to, you know, yeah. sell an insurance or whatever. Yeah. I want a guy who really wants to wants play. That job, you know, right. wants, yeah. And that's how I see Malik Willis. Now, wherever he goes, we'll see. But that's the type of player he looked like to me. That he needs well, a he was only playing against Eastern Michigan. Well, the, the, the juggernaut called. He said, please, put some respect on that name. Please. The the juggernaut. Was read, that, that was all the respect I could muster. <laughs> all right, well, we're going to wrap this week. Uh, the Lions go to the Georgia Dome, I believe it's called, or whatever it's called now, to play the Atlanta Falcons this week, Matt Ryan and company. So we'll see so this how is they – this, this is their third, their third stadium since I've been covering the Lions. I know. Since 1989. I know, I know. Their third stadium. Fulton <laughs> County Stadium. They had the one downtown during the Olympics, and now they got this one. Yeah. They had they that one that was named after the uh, after the the county area and the, the right. bank and all that, about five names. Right, right. Oh, God. <laughs> Fulton County, was it? Right. Fulton County. Fulton County, County, and the team has gotten no better. They just, they're yeah. up and down. Year, they never were – because even though they went to a Super Bowl, they just never were – They went to one. They yeah, never that's right. were. Well, they went to two. They went to two. They went to two, right. They went to the one against Green yep. Bay. Yeah. Yep, they went to two. Or Denver. Yeah. Denver, that was when Denver was one of the airways. Uh, right. Man. All right, Mike, so we'll see you next week. Uh, see another week of development on our Detroit Lions, and uh, we'll check back next week with you and see how everything goes. By the way, we must be telephonic or whatever you want to call it because the Lions are playing in Atlanta, right? That's what I said. That's why they're going down to Atlanta. Oh, you know what? I wasn't listening to I you see, I see them <laughs> tune me out early. <laughs> and Atlanta, uh, Seattle, and Green the, Bay. Uh, so that's the yep. uh, wrap-up. This is a long season. I'm like, they got three games left in this Christmas week? Yeah. Hey. I don't know how this going. You know, I'm going to tell you another thing, too. We'll see if they got to go to Green Bay in January 20th or whatever, how that's going to play. No, that play. game's here. It's here. It's no, here. I'm talking about if Green Bay gets the whole oh, record yeah. oh, and you yeah, got to play yeah. the the, the, the NFC Championship game in Green Bay. So that's the week of the t- ninth is the last regular season. So they get a bye and then two games. So we're talking three weeks after the ninth. That's almost February 1st. You're going to be playing a game in Lambeau Field. We'll see how well, that works. Lots of luck. Yeah, we'll see how that works. Talk about the Ice Bowl. We'll see. All right. Lots of luck. Mike, it's been a pleasure. See you next week. And we're back with the K&M Podcast.